Every journey begins with a question. Our journey begins with this one. How can we lead to make the world better? Here we explore that question through journeys of great success and accomplishment, confronting challenges and overcoming obstacles with leaders from around the globe whose experience covers a vastly diverse range of background, sector, role and expertise. One common thread unites them all. They are all leaders striving to make the world better. They are all better world leaders. In this episode, we speak with Harvey Penny, an accountant who changes lives about his transformational journey and his discovery that by rooting purpose at the core of his business, he generated more profit, better team engagement and more of the right customers. So in this episode, we touch on a number of elements. I mean, the primary one is purpose. And Harvey, having had a brush with a serious illness, really found himself anchored by purpose and that that became the forge that he applied to everything else that he did moving forward. And he's gone on this really marvelous journey of putting a very clear correlation between achieving an outcome for a client and making a contribution that is of making the world better. And he's a numbers guy. He's a chartered accountant. So what did he do? He took a contribution from every every time he saved a client a dollar in tax. He gave a child in the third world a day's access to clean water. So he saved $10 million of tax for his clients and created 10 million days of access to better water. That's just phenomenal. So there's a lot in this conversation. There's a lot to take about running a business. There's a lot to take about being a leader, but everything is outcome orientated. And this is one that I think you're really going to enjoy. So Harvey Penny, welcome to the Better World Leaders podcast. Thanks, Tim. Lovely to be here. So I know we've just had our own little preamble off air, but if you could just Share with everybody else, what's outside your window today? Uh, Technically, the Queensland-New South Wales border, which is uh, currently locked down. So there's a bit of a lineup of uh, cars seeking to get across. It feels a little bit like um, uh, the Berlin Wall at some times, but in many ways, it's uh, just life or business as usual. Yeah, these are interesting times, aren't they? And even though, you know, a lot of Australians are considering, you know, themselves to be fortunate, you know, on on a comparison globally, uh, yeah, it still has been a, a peculiar, you know, sort of episode that that we've been living through and, and hopefully are about to emerge from, at least sort of domestically. Um, so let's sort of, you know, trace, you know, sort of line back from here Um as opposed to, you know, sort of go and walk the line <laughs> down there with the queue to, to cross into New South Wales. So wh- where did the journey begin from you and, and, and what were the sort of the key moments to bring you to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I'm in like year 20 of business and there was a really key lesson that I learned uh, along the journey, Tim, which is that business is uh, is tough. It's a, a walk in the park. I call it Jurassic Park. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the way I learned that is um, we, we were born into a really poor part of New Zealand. My mum was 13, would you believe it? We're just talking about um, you know having kids. Mum was 13 when she had my sister and, and 16 when she had me. Yeah, and, wow. you know, we lived in in the hood in New Zealand, and uh, arguably we didn't really have much sort of future or opportunity ahead of us. And so, uh, mum and dad did what most Kiwis who are looking for a brighter future uh, did back in the eighties. They brought us over to Australia, the, the land of opportunity. Um, and so we sort of started our business journey uh, years before you know Elon Musk made it cool and trendy, or, or Gary Vee made it you know a, a fun thing to do. It was you know getting into business team was like a, a means to to survive. It, it was a way to kind of make ends meet and, and keep our family uh, together. So, uh, yeah, 13 was uh, my first uh, business and here I am sort of 20 years later and the, the journey has been tough. It, it really feels uh, like it's a walk in the park, <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park. And um, uh, for the last five years, Tim, I've been working uh, in uh, running an accounting firm called Inspire, uh, realising that uh, business is a, a journey 
uh, we wanted to help our clients make uh, the smart financial decisions that would help them uh, pull more money, time, and happiness from their business. So uh, that journey led us to being acknowledged as uh, top 100 companies in Australia for a couple of years in a row, Tim. Uh, we ended up writing the book, uh, Cashed Up, uh, based on the seven smart financial decisions that a, a, a business owner can make. Uh, but most importantly, I think we, we realized the power that business has to be a force for good. Uh, and that was a, a result of some amazing influences like, like the Paul Duns and B1G ones of the world and, and some incredible things that uh, the United Nations have, have laid out for, for us as business owners. So uh, that brings us almost to, to this day here where we are now, Tim. Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic, and and I'm going to say too quick, fly over uh, some of those key moments, and, and, and I'm going to sort of drag you back through some of them uh, momentarily. But yeah, I mean, what, but what a great journey, and, and what a fantastic perspective you have, you know, as a mere 33-year-old, uh, you know, having covered so much ground, having accomplished so much, um, but also still now having, a, you know, a very keen eye, you know, sort of on what lies ahead, but we're not going there just yet. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a couple of lines, you know, that, that I, you know, I've seen you use, you know, in, in some of your public domain, um, you know, sort of material and, and a couple here that you've provided specifically that, if, if I may just sort of, you know, quote some of the stuff that, that, that you prepared, you know, sort of in advance that you got into accounting as you thought accountants must be rich and, and you relatively quickly realised that, well, that may be true, but also accountants can change lives. So mm. what, what, what I suppose was the, was there a particular trigger that, that, that sort of got you to that realisation or was it a progressive sort of discovery that actually there is a greater purpose, you know, to, it, to a profession like, like accounting? Yeah, it's funny when you reflect on your original reason for getting into a, a career or a job or, or a business. And yeah, in the context of us always struggling with money as a family, I thought, well, you know, accounting uh, must be the, the pathway for me because they spend all their, all their time counting everybody else's money. They must have plenty of it themselves. And um, that was a bit of a, a wild thinking because once I got into accounting and working uh, in a particular accounting firm in, in Brisbane uh, called Change Accountants, um, what was really amazing about that experience is I, was, I started off as an intern there, Tim, and uh, I was really grateful to uh, my mentor at the time. His name was also Tim, Tim Munro, uh, and he had run an amazing business, a really powerful uh, practice where he was serving business owners for, for many years, uh, but he'd also started uh, consulting to other accountants. And so, I got an opportunity to be there at the precipice of seeing firsthand the impact that an accountant can make to, you know, a client that's sitting there on the other side of the room. Uh, but then once we, uh, over the five or six years I worked with Change, uh, we ended up consulting about 600 uh, of the top accounting firms uh, around Australia. Uh, and it made me realise that I had had this sort of inkling of wanting to do uh, to change the world, to, to do some big things in my life uh, and realising that the one thing that connected uh, all, all businesses around Australia and all around the world is they all had an accountant. Uh, an accountant had the, the beautiful opportunity, uh, but I almost think of it a, a, a really powerful responsibility, Tim, uh, to help their clients make these smart financial decisions. And unfortunately, I'm not sure what your experience has been with accountants in the past, but largely, largely the accounting industry is uh, is perceived as quite reactive. And so if you want something or you need something from your accountant, you, you tend to have to be the one who's on the front foot to go and ask for it. Uh, and that's a real shame given that the difference between success and failure in business can really be, be boiled down to the number of smart financial decisions uh, that you're making in your business and who better than your accountant, your, your financial advisor, your numbers man or woman uh, to be able to help you uh, sort of traverse that that numbers landscape. So it was through that, that journey uh, realising that accountants really do have the power to change lives uh, as long as they A, know it and B, are empowered to, to go ahead and do that. So um, that was the journey we went on in our own accounting firm to uh, kind of live true to that statement. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, you know, an accountant, a good accountant, and yeah, I've, I've had interesting experiences of all sorts uh, over my years in business you know, and entrepreneurship with accountants. I actually started, you know, 
now over 15 years ago as, as, as an executive recruiter working with accounting firms, you know, sort of bringing more, you know, sort of up and coming potential partners into their firms. And yeah, the best ones were all the ones who would help people look ahead and start with a question around where you want to finish rather than where do you want your tax return to be this year? Mm. Um, so yeah, I could totally, totally get that. The bit that I'm curious about is that next step, that step into taking that very pivotal influence that an accountant has on business and helping them be, you know, sort of the the, the conductor to making you know, that business's contribution then being about good mm. and doing more good. And again, I, you know, the, the, the background that, that I'm aware of, you know, you've had some really interesting, you know, sort of call outs or, you know, sort of... I don't know, <laughs> milestones doesn't seem like the right term, but yeah, you know, there's certainly been some provocations, you know, on your road and on your journey to to get you to that realization that it's actually about doing good, mm. not just doing better. Yeah. So what Definitely. have some of those been? Yeah, Tim, well, it was almost uh, three years ago to this day. I can't remember is that if it was yesterday, I was uh, 31 at the time and I was uh, blindsided by cancer. I, um, I, f- I felt a bit of a, a lump one day in an area where all the gentlemen listening in today probably is the last spot in our body that we want to find uh, foreign things. And uh, I kind of brushed it off to him and think, oh, no, nah, it's fine. I must have just heard it at footy last week or something like that. And and by the end of that week, I was in at the, the hospital and, and being kind of confirmed that I had testicular cancer. And, and maybe two or three days later, I was in uh, an operation theater having that tumor and that testicle removed and also my whole world falling down on top of itself because you know how do you feel when you're 31 years old Tim like I felt invincible like I was I was bulletproof I had my whole life ahead of me uh, my, my plan was to live until I was 110 years old and I literally have that mapped out in a, in a spreadsheet of all the things I want to achieve and so I kind of didn't have time to, to die so early like I had so much more uh, planned and uh, you know, we were talking about the, the joys of, of parenthood earlier on. The, the doctors had told me that, you know, we've taken out the tumour, uh, you've got 12 weeks to kind of recover from the surgery, and then we're going to put you into chemotherapy and radiotherapy just to get rid of uh, whatever remaining uh, kind of remnants of the tumour might be in your body. And he said that what that means is that you probably won't be able to have kids, uh, maybe not for a long time, maybe not ever. And so that, that was a really kind of grounding um, moment, Tim. Um, and I had to ask myself a question um, that uh, I'd love actually to, to give as a gift for everyone listening in today to think how you might have considered this question yourself. Um, and the question I had to ask myself in that moment was, was Harvey, if today was the last day uh, of your life, um, would you be happy with what you're leaving behind? And... Um, and what's crazy about that question is it's it's really a question, Tim, of, of legacy. And uh, our, our mentor and inspiration, Paul Dunn, who I understand was, was on this podcast, he talks about legacy in the sense that we don't get a choice as to whether we'll leave a legacy or not. It's, it's just a matter of whether it'll be one uh, that we're proud of. Um, and so uh, kind of that moment in, in that hospital bed with those levels of circumstances, I had to do this reconciliation. I know you're thinking, look, canons, you guys do reconciliations uh, all the time, but it was like a reconciliation team of, uh, you know, all, all the life that I had lived, all the days that I had spent. Uh, was I happy with the, the connections that I had made, the legacy I was leaving behind, the level, you know, the goals that I had achieved? And, and in, in short, the answer was no. And my question to everyone listening in is, is what's your answer? Like if you died today, if today was the last day of your life, would you be happy with what you've left behind? Uh, and if the answer is no, then in my case, it was a, it was a rallying call, Tim. Uh, it was to survive and fight through this current circumstance that I had found myself in, which was a, a crisis of health. Uh, and then on the other side of that, it was this beautiful deep realisation of the gift of time that, that we all have. And so uh, I, I did lose a part of me on that hospital bed that day, uh, Tim, but I also believe that I found a part of me and that was my my why, my, my reason for being here, uh, which I articulate uh, as the ability to do good uh, and inspire others. And so I'm just grateful to have an opportunity to chat with you here today and, and your audience to uh, to hopefully live true to that that purpose. No, that's such a 
incredible transformational experience that you've been through and and I think it is true inspiration that you're transmitting out of that experience as well and and you depict it and and and, and share it so well and yeah I mean the, I, I am listening to, <laughs> to, to you put that question mm-hmm. uh, and and to all intents and purposes I'm a I'm a I'm a an audience participant here mm-hmm. uh today so I mean I'll give you my response if I may to that question in a moment Please. but I mean certainly for to me all of the true progress that I have seen people make has been down to the more confronting and more challenging experiences that they've had. I mean, if I look at my own life, I mean, my my childhood, you know, dissimilar to yours in in a way, but you know, not by any means a stroll in the non-Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean. I, I was bullied, you know, I, I was the gawky little kid with a lazy eye and big thick glasses and, and yeah, and then I was, you know, the the non-sporty kid. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, you mentioned footy and I, I can see you as we're talking through Zoom here today. You know, you're a big strapping fella. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was not the sporty kid, right? So I, I was pushed to the, you know, to the curb, kicked to the curb at times, you know, all the way through. But then growing up, you know, there was some interesting experiences as well. I lost, you know, my stepmother of 17 years to cancer, um, you know, and, and, and I, you know, was absolutely, you know, sort of along with my um, step-siblings, you know, sort of forged in the crucible of, of, of that bereavement at that time. And, you know, she, and Jenny was young. So that was definitely a calling point for mm. me in terms of, well, you know, what is, what are, what is life about? What are you going to go and go out there and do? Um, and then more recently, and and, and something I, I, I you know, I've sort of spoken about the reason why I'm here with you today, and why I've sort of launched this enterprise and this endeavour of bringing these stories of leaders who are striving to make the world better. I mean, I literally had this calling, visionary, almost prophetic moment for me, standing on the roof of my house with a bushfire bearing down on us. This realization that there's nowhere to hide when it comes to the great challenges, you know, confronting us all and that really I needed to do what I could um, as you are, right? You're working with accountants now to help them, you know, sort of through this realisation that you've had, do more and do more good. I'm working with leaders. You, you're you good with accountants. I'm good with leaders. So we're on the same vibe. Mm. Um, so that's that's fantastic. So you have this realization you have this you know sort of your own prophetic vision that life is short um and then you have this interesting combination of letters that that you've thrown together <laughs> can, you, can you take us through that you know sort of uh depiction of 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 your vision yeah that we're joking around about this beforehand i think you know as as young gen wires uh, the the kind of my life mantra at least before cancer was like YOLO, you know, um, you know, you only live once, let, let's go for it. And, uh, and that was kind of the driving force. It was this very, very kind of haphazard, yeah, let's just give things a go and let's try it. But there was no real sort of depth of, of meaning behind it. And, uh, and I soon learned that YOLO is wrong, but you don't only live once. You, you, we actually, uh, we only die once. And that's the, the YODO, you only die once. Uh, and the truth is that we get to live every single day. And, and that was the, the, the gift that I took out of uh, that experience. And so nowadays my mantra really is, uh, is that one day we're all going to die, Tim. And, and that doesn't sound very inspiring, uh, but when we're really conscious of um, the, the gap that exists between where we are now and the time that we've got to ourselves and the fact that one day that time will end, then I personally feel inspired and I hope to inspire others uh, to live by a new mantra. And that is that knowing that we'll all die, then can we use this this time that we have to inspire before we expire? And so uh, I use a little app, for example, Tim, it's called T-0, and it helps me to count down to some key deadlines that are coming up. And so I look at my app when I wake up and I'm like, oh, cool, uh, uh, we're pregnant at the moment. Well, I'm not, my, my wife is. Uh, <laughs> we've got a, a little baby girl on her way in about 10 weeks' time, and it, count down, it counts down 10 weeks uh, you know, so many hours, so many days, so many hours, so many minutes. So the, the time is there. Uh, it's, 
we've got another deadline that we're working towards, which we're, we're planning on going overseas to, to Vietnam in, in July next year. So we've got 366 days, five weeks, you know, just counts down. Uh, and on that same app, Tim, I've got um, uh, one final countdown, which is what I call the ultimate deadline. Uh, and the, the countdown is, is time to death. So I've typed in the day that I, I'm, I'm going to die, uh, which is about 110 years after I was born. Uh, and so I take a little moment to reflect on that every morning. I see the counter go tick, tock, tick, tock. And that moment of death, the ultimate deadline just gets ever closer, just a little bit every single day. And uh, it's that sort of perspective or vision that I have going into a day. So, man, I cannot waste not a second, not a minute, uh, not, not an hour of this day uh, because, you know, Harvey Penny, who was on that hospital bed that day, would have given everything he could have to just have uh, another day, another week, another hour, and, and here I am with that gift. Uh, so I live that way, but my question or my, my gift maybe to those who are listening in is how can you take that same perspective on life without having to lose a nut, <laughs> without having to give your left testicle or, or have these you know, life-changing moments? Uh, can you not just be inspired by, by those around you? Trust me, it would be a lot easier to be inspired than, than give up the sacrifice that I had made. <laughs> I mean, I'm smiling as you say that, really out of deep empathy. Um, I should say sympathy rather than empathy because I haven't <laughs> left, lost a nut, left or right. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, I, I, I love the sort of the brutal force, but also, you know, the, 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 the almost the lighthearted comedy with which you can say that. Mm. Um, because it, but I think, you know, to an extent, you've almost got to hit people with that sledgehammer sometimes, mm. to, you know, to, shake them out of their perpetual you know sort of next step busyness right that you know we live in this sort of bubble of 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 sort of you know pinpricks of 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 you know sort of short shock stress must do this must do that must do that got to hit that got to get that mark got to hit that goal but you know how rarely we actually get somebody put something in front of us mm. that stops in our tracks and makes us go hang on a minute what's the longer term plan here yeah. And again, what is that discovery of purpose that allows you to project out of the moment, out of the quarterly cycle, you know, out of the where's the next, you know, sort of holiday going to be mm. um, about that, that greater contribution. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing you, you talk about your app and I, and I love that. I'm going to have to check that out to, you know, T minus zero. There's a big, there's a big number coming around as well. Uh, you know that both of us are focused on. You know the, the, this global development goal. You know that's targeting 2030. So mm. I wonder whether that might need to go on there as well for you. A countdown to New Year's Day Absolutely. 2029. Um, yeah, and, and and there's a big number that you've put up there as a target for yourself to hit by 2030 as well, right? Yeah, so um, if you imagine sort of this whole purpose of, oh, sorry, this journey of purpose and impact and leadership, they're kind of like these falling dominoes and, you know, testicular cancer was that first domino that managed to knock over the, the discovery of purpose. Uh, it was realising now, well, if I know what my purpose is, my why, and it was to do good and inspire others, uh, the question is, is how can uh, how can I use whatever resources I've got access to to, to make that a, a real Reality. And so I was in business. So I was the founder of an, an accounting firm called Inspire. Um, and so it was seeing the, the UN global goals. There's 17 goals, 17 priorities, like a to-do list for mankind to help uh, create a better world and uh, eradicate poverty, uh, close the gap of inequalities and act on the urgency of climate change. And so I used or I saw the, the UN Global Goals as a framework for or as a way to, to live my why in, in business. Uh, so I created a, a giving initiative uh, called Day for Dollar, Tim. So uh, the, the, the mechanics are such. Uh, for every dollar of tax that we proactively saved our small business clients, uh, we made a commitment to giving a day of access to food, water, health and sanitation to a family in need. And so uh, as of January this year, Tim, really proud to say that we've uh, we ticked over $10 million uh, in proactive tax savings for our small business clients, uh, which they use to reinvest back into growing their business and their family. So uh, I was pretty proud of that, uh, especially when I think of um, – uh, some of our politicians these days, I don't really feel inspired to wanting to give them a tip uh, anyway. 
Um, so that was one level of impact. It was kind of like from us as accountants to the person on the other side of, of the room. Um, but thanks to our Day for Dollar Giving initiative, it means that we've also given over 10 million days uh, of life-changing help to families in need in over 16 countries as of today, which, you know, as a family man, as a numbers person, I'm pretty proud of, of those numbers. <laughs> No, man, it's an incredible accomplishment. And yeah, I mean, this was one of the key extracts from the conversation that was, in fact, the first Better World Leaders conversation with Paul Dunn, that, you know, this sort of, you know, catalyzing moment that he had with Masami Saito around imagine, mm. or the question that she put to him, imagine a world in which every time business is done, something great happens. And that is just an incredibly inspirational. And if you are listening, knock, 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 and you're in business, you know, listen to that. 10 million bucks saved in tax savings, tick. That's a phenomenal business accomplishment by itself. You know, for small businesses who are at the beating heart of our economy, you know, who will absolutely reinvest that money. Uh, you know, this is this is this is not Google not, not paying any tax anywhere that they do business apart from possibly Barbados, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, you know, that's that's money in people's back pocket. And then combine that with this incredible accomplishment of you know, having a meaningful impact on 10 million days where people that would not have had now have access to water, sanitation, education, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, mate, you know, congratulations from me. I won't clap because it'll clip the audio, but, you know, double thumbs up. That is an amazing goal. And now, you know, the inherent coach is coming out in me. You tick that one. What's the next goal? Yeah, so uh, I'd always been inspired to to reach like 10 million was an, an amazingly large number and that grows literally week by week. But the big goal uh, in line with the global uh, development goals was to, to give 1 billion days uh, of life-changing help to help end extreme global poverty by 2030. Uh, so that that's a really big number. Uh, and yep. it's, it's <laughs> that is daunting. a big number for a numbers guy, especially. That's a big that's number. A, even I just kind of hit me dead and saying again, I was like, wow, man, I'm going to get my act together, man. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes it's these big, hairy, audacious goals, these moonshots that in many ways are impossible. Like I, I literally don't know how all the mechanics of, of pulling that off, but I know that when we or when I commit myself to goals that are seemingly impossible up front, that it forces us to go through this process of growth and transformation in which we, we kind of need to grow into the person that is able to, to pull these types of goals off that were previously uh, perceived as impossible. So uh, while I don't know the how, I am very much looking forward to uh, that road panning itself uh, out or that way uh, becoming clearer and clearer. <laughs> uh, look, I think yeah, for me, it, 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 I agree with everything that you've just said. You know, it is the phenomenal goals that transform, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it is through even striving for those transformative goals that we transcend right and the most important thing you've already done you've got the why right you've got the what oh, that little how bit you know? yeah, <laughs> we'll figure that out as we go um but you know like what is the plan i mean you know you, you've mentioned you know that that you know the accounting you know sort of hands-on running of a of a very inspirational uh pun intended you know accounting business is now behind you so what 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 is you know, the fork in the road that you're looking at and what lies ahead for you? Yeah. So um, some of the mechanics of pulling off that that the impossible of 1 billion days of life-changing help made me realise that I, I possibly couldn't achieve that within the, the, the environment of just running an accounting firm. And so uh, earlier or the late uh, end of last year, I uh, began an exit from Inspire and uh, officially retired uh, as of uh, January the 1st, 2020, uh, which is a pretty weird thing to say as a 30-ish year old. But um, <laughs> every yep. now and then we, we've got to make these decisions in our life where we, we, we when we've got these inklings, we've got these uh, kind of uh, these itches that we want to scratch that it, it's worthwhile pursuing these, these higher goals. Uh, so just last week, actually, you mentioned the name Paul Dunn. Uh, I'm really grateful to be uh, have launched uh, a new initiative with Paul last week called uh, Accountants for Good. And it's a, a global network of the world's most impactful accounting firms. 
And our vision is to see accountants working together to create a better world for everyone. And I know that my world in business changed when I not only saw the global goals, but uh, I, I reoriented our business around impact and doing good. And ironically, when we did more good in the world, we did better as a business in, in so many layers around our, our business financials, our performance, our team engagement was, was off the charts, uh, and our level of or our ability to bring on clients who were on purpose uh, was just just wonderful. And so um, if we can help other accounting firms around the world uh, really connect into the power of purpose, uh, connect into uh, this opportunity that we have to, you know, there's 12 years to go, mate, until 2030, until this uh, UN global goal there is to end poverty in all its forms. And so there's never been a better time in history, I believe, uh, for us to all come together, in my context as accountants and in our industry, to stop seeing each other as competitors, stop playing our cards so close to our chest and realise that when we uh, come from a place of abundance, there's more than enough clients out there for us to to serve. Um, but if we come together with this perspective of collaboration over competition uh, and we start sharing what works for us and best practice, then it, it's kind of like that old adage where it, it's a raising tide that, that lifts uh, all ships. And I'm hoping that extended out to the sort of sea of humanity, then we as accountants have this amazing opportunity and the industry uh, has amazing opportunity to change lives. And so uh, watch the space over the next 12 years uh, as we, you know, smash through that goal of 1 billion days of life-changing help and, and usher in a world where, you know, things like uh, extreme global poverty are just a distant memory. Like we go, do you remember like back in the day when people struggled to access water? Like I'm going to tell my daughter what, what those times were like uh, as if it's a, a piece of a, of a museum and I'll be really happy to see those days uh, behind us, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, again, that's the grand aspirational goal. I mean, yeah, is this even possible? Don't say yes or no. Just say, we're going to do it. Right. I mean, I, I love the, you know, the sort of the, you know, with, with no conversation intent, no condescension intended, but, you know, this naive you know, sort of optimism of just, yeah, we can do this. I mean, I remember campaigning against third world debt when I was 18. You know, in high school, right? You know, in 1998, myself and 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 two of the, the my sort of fellow student leaders, you know, the, the most that we thought we could do then was to you know raise awareness. We 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 went and 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 led assemblies through our you know very large public high school. You know, we're very evocative. You know, we made some of the teachers cry, um, but but for a purpose. Um, <laughs> But that was a petition, you know, that went to the British government and then on to the EU. And I, th you know, I now re regard that as much as at the time it was an accomplishment, but I now regard that as a failure, you know, a failure of the leadership that I was trying to demonstrate at that time because the goal was just to sign a piece of paper and to get lots of other people to do it. Like we weren't striving to make a meaningful change. We weren't striving to actually do something because we felt that we couldn't. And the only failure was not providing a means and a mechanism for all of those very willing participants. You know, we had pupils take the petition home, take it to their parents' workplaces. Like we ended up having a photocopy, you know, 10 times, you know, the sort of the, the, the materials that we had because we had so many people willing to put the name on the paper. Well, if they were willing to do that, mm. if we'd had something like business for good or accountants for good, you know, that, that impetus, that inspiration that we provided – you know, could have actually had you know, some kind of contribution attached to it with a more direct impact. And that's exactly what you're trying to do here. Mm. You know, we're going to save you a dollar in tax. We're going to give somebody you know, a day's access to the things that mean and matter the most. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I love this initiative. And I'm going to throw one down to you. you know, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to watch this space for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to invite, I won't insist, but I'm going to invite you, you know, to come back here in 12 months and tell us what you've done, mm. tick, 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 between now and then, you know, to progress this initiative and take things forward. Would you be prepared to sign up to do that? Yeah, I'm on. Thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I think that, you know, that, that it's, it's that combination of, you know, sort of impetus, impact, and commitment, mm. right? You know, like if, if more 
people could could get the inspiration from access to someone like you have access to a mechanism like business for good accountants for good whatever kind of format is going to work for them but then actually have somebody holding them accountable to taking that progressive step every day and make things better i know for me it's worked mm-hmm. i know for, for for the people that i experience that journey with it works that's how we make change that's one it. small step every day that's it and i just love this idea along that lines of maybe as my inner numbers person but what if we were to measure the types of results that we were all making along this journey and uh, i know there was this really significant moment tim um in, in our business journey where we decided to change our names and there's a lesson that in here i think for everyone no matter what industry they're in and at the time tim we were called uh, inspire ca which stands for chartered accountants which in Small business language stands for boring, like who cares? <laughs> and it, it just it, it reeked of like commonality, normality, status quo. You know everything that every, all other twelve thousand accounting firms stood for. And it was this realization um, through this sort of uh, chaos uh, that I was going through at the time. So I said, well, no, uh, accountants change lives. And so what if we were to create an environment that? Um, that held us to account to really live true to that. So we uh, changed our names to inspire life-changing accountants. And from a leadership perspective, it meant that every time we said our name, whether we're answering the phone, whether we're sending an email, we're introducing ourselves to perhaps, let's call it a new client, it's like, oh, hey, my name's Harvey Penny, you know, co-founder of Inspire Life-Changing Accountants. It set a standard that you just simply could not ignore like the you know the person on the outside of the desk were like to tell me more that's so so interesting what, what an intriguing thing and that opened the door for us to talk about our partnership with the un global goals uh, aligning with uh, giving initiatives like b1g1 to make the giving easy uh, but more importantly it was like a label on the outside that changed everything on the inside uh, and what i think is really curious is what if we would all believe that uh, every business on the planet should be a force for good, and arguably, you know, every industry could be life changing. And what if we were to maybe not go as far as actually changing our names today as a result of being here, uh, but what if we realised that we were life changing physiotherapists, we were life changing coaches, we were life changing plumbers, we were life changing uh, restaurateurs, and if by virtue of aiming for this purpose beyond, you know, our industry or beyond our business and beyond profits to this, you know, standard that makes us realise that all of us are in the game of of changing people's lives, um, then we can do some incredible things. And thanks to our partnership with B1G, when it gives us a a mechanism to measure the amount of life-changing help we've been giving to people, uh, and I know that on these journeys that in many ways seem impossible in the long term, uh, being able to measure that progress and track our impact day after day, week after week, month after month, uh, is is simply inspiring. And it's a motivating force where let's take the context of running or leading a team, for example, we shifted from having to be the you know, accounting founders who are like, come on, team, we need to, you know, put some more time on the timesheets and and get more jobs out the door. Uh, we, we didn't have to push from the top down anymore because we tapped into this internal flame, this internal power that our team already had, which is the reason why they came to Inspire in the first place is they wanted to change lives. And so, you know, making these little tweaks, they seem little, but just adding the words life-changing to what we do uh, can literally change the game for us in, in my experience. So uh, maybe you know, there's a change of name on the horizon for, for some people here, or at least a change of spirit or perspective in how they view what they do. No, but I think, you know, words have poignancy, mm-hmm. you know, words have the ability to change the way that we behave and change what we do because they change the way that we think, mm. you know, go ask a brand marketer. Right. But uh, the, 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 the reason is the mindset, you know, it's that step before it's that mi- mindset shift that you have to have in order to change the words and change the name mm. that actually propels your impact forward and amplifies it right you know you could you could have changed your name to make more money accountants 
right? <laughs> like you could have changed your your name to make you know pay less tax accountants, right? Um, you know, you allow your clients to do both those things, uh, but but you didn't. You changed it to something else, and you changed it to something which actually, as you sort of said, you know, allowed you to connect with more purposeful clients. And and I think that's the that's the key to 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 the words of any name. You know, if, if your name doesn't adequately describe what you stand for and who you want to work with and who you choose not to work with, mm. then at the very least you need to look at the subtitle. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that obviously accomplished what you wanted it to do. You know, it, it got you more business, it got you more clients, it allowed you to service those clients, but it made those clients the people who were going to help you by helping them, you know, a bit of the old Jerry Maguire, <laughs> to, to allow them to achieve more purpose. And this is something which, you know, I, I certainly, you know, talk with people a lot, you know, that there seems to be this perspective, which is now, I think, becoming outdated, but that, that you have this binary choice between profit and purpose. You know, and it always used to be, oh, we'd love to, you know, do, 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 do that, you know, sort of charity thing, or, you know, we'd love to donate, but we have to make profit first. You know, our primary goal our primary commitment to our shareholders is to make profit, and you know, I, I, I believe I would. I, I look forward to the time very soon where I can say I know that that now has ended. We've mm. seen lots of declarations, you know, particularly the Unilever CEO, as well as you know some big American investment bankers, sort of saying no, not just profit, other stuff equally, if not primarily. But now here's here, here you are speaking about how this actually really works, and, it, and the thing is. From the other side of it, you know, if you're an advocate for purpose, we don't need to consider profit to be a dirty word. You know, here's the numbers guy, here's the accountant who can quite happily say, well, you need profit in order to follow your purpose, right? Like, <laughs> it's that much harder to pursue your purpose when you don't have any profit. I mean, am, am I right? Mm, yeah, well, I think maybe even the, the, the better term for us to all use is that um, uh, purpose powers profit. Um, and, you know, uh, let, let's think about the mechanics of our giving initiative. Um, thanks to uh, an amazing organization called B1G1, um, my question to listeners is how much do you think it costs us to give somebody a, the, the gift of access to water for, for, for the day? And, you know, when I ask that to, to groups who aren't familiar, they're like, oh, maybe $5, $10, $15, $20. And what, what's amazing when you realize that we can give that gift of access to water for as little as one cent US uh, per day, um, then regardless of where we are in our business journeys, even despite the fact that business is tough, it's a walk in the park, Jurassic Park, my question is who here thinks that they could afford literally one cent uh, in order to be able to help somebody else uh, in, in so much more need. And so when we realize the power that we all have in business, we might not be perfect, might not be killing it, might not be driving the Ferraris that we had originally envisaged ourselves driving. But uh, when we take a moment to realize how privileged we are uh, here in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Western worlds and what beautiful opportunity that we've got to use our business as a force for good to, to help our family um, who we just may not have had the chance to meet yet uh, in developing lands, then uh, you know, what, what a beautiful, fulfilling way to run our businesses but also uh, our lives. Yeah, I, I've just been, uh, as I've been listening to you there, I've just been reflecting on this, this I mean, two things, this, this phrase, which I've you know thrown out at people over the years that values create value, yeah. You know, which I think is 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 a really nice you know sort of partner to you know purpose creates profit because um, values and, and and purpose you know they're skipping down the road holding hands together you know like you don't get very far without each other, um, but also this 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 great conversation that we had in the last season of Better World Leaders with Victoria Foster, um, and and she had this pivotal moment in her career journey where she was sitting there, you know, she's an American, but she was working in, in, in 101 Collins street in Melbourne. And, and, and she, she was looking through, you know, sort of the eyes of someone seeking purpose. And the projection that she had was a conversation with her future daughter. She wasn't even pregnant at the time about whether or not her daughter would prefer her to stay in a job where 
they could afford to be in a bigger house and drive a nicer car and for her to have the extra, you know, sort of sport on the weekend and the whatever, or whether her future daughter would prefer that, you know, mom did basically what was her moving into her purpose and doing something that was a contribution to make things better. And, 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 and that even at the time, and Victoria now does have, you know, a little girl, Elin, who's about the same age as your and my youngest children, right? So she's just about to turn two. Um, the, the the way Victoria articulated it on the on the on the episode conversation was that the daughter that she would raise would absolutely say, "No, mom, you need to do whatever you can do, you know, to to go out and and, and become who you are and make things better." And I just think that's that's legacy defined, right? Like if you can sit or lie. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are going to be, you know, in those final moments and, and sit there with your children and say, do you think that what I have done has made your world better then? And I almost feel a tear coming by. Mm. That to me tells me that, you know, you've, you've done what you needed to do and you've followed your purpose home. So powerful, mate. So, so powerful. <laughs> I can only say these things because I'm reflecting them back to you, right? <laughs> Uh, this is all coming from you. I'm, 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 I'm living with your energy today, so I thank you. Um, and look, you know, as much as I am insistent that there is another conversation, perhaps that's a that is a, a good resting point for this one. Um, I certainly hope. In fact, I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to be presumptuous and say I know that anybody listening to this, you know, is going to have benefited from it, have benefited from it, and is going to have learned from your experience. And I hope tapped into your energy and is already out there, you know, doing more, you know, to make the world better than they were before. Um, I'll include in the show notes, you know, your social connections, you know, the information, you know, that, that, that's out there about all of your initiatives. But is there any one point in particular that you'd like to steer people towards before we sign off? Yeah. So HarveyPenny.com is kind of like the centralization of, of all the activities I'm up to. But um, uh, accountantsforgood.com slash rise is my uh, rallying call right now for accountants to realize that this tumultuous time that we all find ourselves in uh, could actually, you know, in one sense be viewed as the end of the world, and many people do, but what if we were to see this as, as our time to rise? So uh, for those who are listening, uh, tag your accountants in and say, I just heard this, this crazy guy is up to this crazy ambition through the power of accountants. So uh, accountants.com, uh, uh, sorry, accountantsforgood.com slash uh, rise would be the best place uh, for those accountants to, to live true to that idea that uh, accountants change lives and if the accountants are listening in today then we'll see you on the other side <laughs> i was going to say so if you're an accountant listening to this stop listening now and put that url in your browser and if you have an accountant same so essentially everybody <laughs> everybody that's earning a wage and paying taxes should go straight to this url until the website crashes do it now um no that's awesome all right well man look thank you so much that's been a very transformational journey for me uh and, and a very enjoyable conversation so Thank you, thank you, and talk to you again. Cheers, Tim. See you next time. So after that conversation, I'd be very curious to ask you how you're feeling about purpose. And do you feel that your purpose is powering profit? Is powering a clearly defined outcome, a measurable outcome that you can say, that's what I got up for this morning. And when you go to bed, that's what I've achieved. I mean, there's so much I love about this conversation. The one of the key takeouts for me and something that I actually immediately went and actioned myself was downloading that timer app. And I've set it up. I've done the same thing as Harvey now, a bit morbid, I know, but I've done a forward projection to when I think I'm going to time out here. And I've said that that is my time to inspire. And I've got that much time to create inspiration. And I have that app on the front screen of my phone and I look at it not every day, but most days. So that for me was a key takeout, a really good one. And ultimately that all stems down to that comment from Harvey. If today was your last day, would you be happy with what you leave behind? I mean, I talk about legacy. I talk about an obituary exercise with my coaching clients. And it is morbid, it is confronting, but it's very beneficial to get through it and then forward project and look from today at what you want to leave behind especially if you're somebody who's interested in the world that you'll believe leave behind for later generations so again to coin one of harvey's phrases what will you inspire before you expire i i, I just think that was great 
I mean, I'm not going to recount you know, his various accolades and achievements, but just to try and eke out and, and you know, sort of extract some of the things that really stood out for me. Now, here's a guy who's really setting himself grand aspirational goals. And this notion that Harvey put forth about committing ourselves to impossible goals and that that in of itself can be the catalyst for great transformation. Yes, we're going to need help. We're going to need an accountability framework. We're going to need guides and mentors and advisors and coaches to get us there. But if we don't set the impossible goal, well, we're clearly never going to reach it because it won't exist. And then I think the other thing which is crucial for me and as you know, somebody who runs a small business and works with entrepreneurs and CEOs and corporate executives on a daily basis, this provocation of Harvey's, what if businesses could be forces for good? And a lot of them are, but what if all of them were? You know, a lot of the time people look to governments, they look to NGOs, they look to large you know, sort of sizable institutions and say, well, that's the, the, the lever that we need to use to apply to make any kind of significant change. Well, what if it was business's turn? What if it was brands and organisations that led the charge to be the change that we need to create a better world? Personally, that's what I'm doing. Go have a look at the impact page at 4aleadership.com. We've adopted this similar position to Harvey. Every time we do something, we give something. And just that small incremental progression, that's us playing our part. And then we sped, spread the word and we champion for B1G1 and other organizations that we donate through and to, to make this impact. And of course, we're bringing you this message and these learnings about how you too can come on these journeys. So as always, thank you for your time and attention. I hope this has been helpful. There was, there's got to be something in there. That was such an inspiring conversation. And there's a lot to come in the next one with Dr. Adam Fraser. And that really is very topical and is about what we can do and specifically how we can navigate these trying times of COVID. So look forward to that one. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation with Harvey. And thank you all for tuning into Better World Leaders. As always, great thanks and appreciation to the team who contributed to bringing Better World Leaders to you. To Brendan Ward for production of all audio recordings and composition and performance of original music throughout each episode. To Cooper and the team at Radio Hub Studios for technical support and creative guidance during the episodes that are recorded face-to-face. -to, -face. to Knock Knock Studios for website design, hosting and advice and to Sarasa Design for logo and site graphics. You'll find audio and video recordings of this episode, as well as links to any specific recommendations or related resources that were mentioned today in the podcast area of 4iLeadership.com backslash insights. This is the Better World Leaders podcast, brought to you by 4i Leadership. to world.